Hello, everybody. I'm Dale Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and this is the Dale and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Well, you just cost us three seconds. That's oh. it. Well, and we have a huge show today. We've got hmm. Birthing People Day, High School Musical, the musical, the series news. Franklin Graham got ghosted, an honor killing teacher tantrum, pandemic pounds, Tennessee versus TJ Osborne, the AIDS ribbon creator, a lesbian landmark, Trump and pride dildos, and more. I shouldn't have wasted that time drawing that out. Should have let off with the dildos. That's right. A lead off and end, a double headed. It's a double headed. You start and end with the dildos. Hey, everybody. Whether you're watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Periscope, on Twitter, or you're listening back later on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you are finding us. Thank you. We're happy to have you. Did y'all miss us? We didn't even do a show on Friday. Did you notice? I know some people missed because they were like, they were direct messaging me. Where are you? Where are you? Am I missing you? And I had to, Good. I'm I had to spend an hour just talking to people about not being here. <laughs> so you went ahead and spent the show hour chatting with people about how there was no show. Yes. If well, there had been a show, this is what we would have talked about. That's right. We got some of last week's news, some of this week's news, some Maybe things like going on. Springs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How was that? It was very nice. We took a little Mother's Day trip with Blake's mom to celebrate. I will say we went out to a restaurant. You know, we can do it now, wore a mask, sat at our table. It was lovely, took them off. But I have realized that through the coming out of the pandemic, getting used to being outside of lockdown, I'm very sensitive to like atmosphere sounds is what I've decided. The people at the table next to us, there were like 12 people and I don't know what they were celebrating. They seemed like some Orange County Republicans if I had to guess, but they had a bunch of cacklers with them. Everything was like, <laughs> and I realized I might sound like a hypocrite on this because I am friends with a lot of people that are often those people at a restaurant, but it felt like those people were laughing inside my soul. Move tables. That reminded me of that cackling years ago. I was at the Oasis, this piano bar, this pathetic piano bar that closed down in the valley. And, and Houston Allred, who just died, was playing. And there was this, uh, this uh, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if she was trans or I don't know if she was in drag. I'm not for sure. But she kept cackling she, just for no reason. And he just stopped. He goes, I wish you would stop that cackling and lay that egg. <laughs> yes. Well, so, but we moved tables. Like we full on, we asked our very nice waiter who was also clearly irritated because they made a sound at one point and he just went. And they came over and said, would you like to move to another table? And we said, yes. So we did. And we did it dramatically. Like we each picked up our water glass, our drink glass, our napkins, and our silverware. So it was not subtle. It wasn't like we just disappeared. And then they got offended that we had moved. It's like, you don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to be so obnoxious that you're infringing upon everyone's evening and then be irritated at how at people not wanting to hear it. How did they get offended? What did they say? We heard that they were like, did they move because of us? And then when we left at the end of the night, they were the only other table still there. They literally were like, ooh, as we walked past, like we were on an elementary school playground. 
I just thought that, that I, I just was hoping that you or Blake Wad when they said, did they move because I, yes. Well, you know, I don't really like that kind of confrontation with random strangers. Oh, I do. I don't, I'm not interested. I want it to be clear, but I want to be, but see, I prefer being able to go, what? I didn't do anything. We moved. Uh-huh. Um, so, other than that, it was lovely. But that just sort of made me realize other people's behavior, those reentry classes, Blake keeps threatening to offer, some people need them. Well, that, you know, on Zoom. <laughs> There's a, another Zoom class. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm glad you had, glad y'all had a good Mother's Day. That we was, did. Please tell everybody what happened to you this morning. Oh my God. I had already heard this story and it's worth hearing again. <laughs> and that's very unusual for Emerson, for me to entertain him. Uh, so I'm walking my dogs. Now my dogs, like you are, do. they're just bitches. They just, they, they're harmless, but they just, if there's another dog, they just go nuts. Like they, they think they could take on a Rottweiler. Um, and there's this new poodle on the block. And I don't know where the, the couple lives, but they're very attractive, this couple. Very attractive. And they're walking this, a straight couple, walking this poodle. And my dogs go crazy. And the guy, very tall and manly, he goes, well, why don't we see if they could be friends now that we're neighbors? And I'm like, oh, well, sure. And, and they're I'm like, this is not really working. So they, they're doing like this. Now, Bitsy May had just taken a shit and I had the bag in my hand and I'm, I'm trying to juggle these leashes. They never became friends. But at the end, I, I said, uh, hi, I'm, I'm Dell. Uh, and, and he goes, I'm Cameron. And very attractive. And she said her name. I don't remember it. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> So I'm kind of Leslie Jordan flirting with the straight guy a little bit. And I walk away and I smell something. I look down. There is shit all over me. I mean, all over me, all over the leashes, the dogs. When they did that, I guess I juggled. And so I'm like flirting with shit all over me. <laughs> I don't think you're the first or last to do that. But the mm -hmm. mental image of you flirting with this definitively straight, very attractive man covered in dog shit. It just brings me joy. And I was wondering why she was so silent. I mean, he was still kind of being friendly, but she was like, <laughs> I want to know how she tells this story. Now, this is my favorite game to play when people tell a good story about a situation. I imagine her on the phone with her girlfriend. Well, we met a new neighbor. I just thought it was that always helps. I mean, he seems nice, you know, very fit, little older homosexual with these cute little chihuahua dogs. I mean, if you couldn't tell he was gay with really? wrist, you could tell when he was walking those dogs. And you know how the gays do with Cameron sometimes? Uh-huh. Well, he did one of those, which would have been fine, except I worry that he doesn't have all his faculties because in the course of trying to make dog friends with our sweet little Fifi, he smeared that shit all over himself <laughs> and then just kept smiling with a shit-eating grin and my husband. Yeah, <laughs> I love that she suddenly became kind of southern oh. <laughs> on the on the Hollywood Hills. She's like uh -huh. southern. She's in the Hollywood Hills. Oh. She moved here from Alabama. Her name is Caroline. I've written her backstory. But this is what I'm I'm worried about. I'm worried about one thing. I know I'm going to see him again because I've already seen him more than once. And I'm <laughs> hi, Cameron. I'm sorry. I don't remember your name. <laughs> 
Please do that. And she goes, I remember yours, the shit stain. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, y'all, that's our fun opening story. She'd like that. Um, thank you to everyone who tunes in. You know, our podcast listenership is plateaued these few weeks. So if you enjoy what we do here, tell a friend that they should subscribe. Share yes. us share in your us. world. Share us, share us. Because it didn't matter before when I couldn't see the numbers, but now I can. And I sure put in a lot of time figuring out these stories for. Oh, I know. And you put a lot of time putting us on all those platforms too. So, so don't yeah. hide us in the corner like an embarrassed mistress of a Methodist in the South. Put us right out in front like a Frenchman. That's right. Well, shall we? Shall we talk? All right. We got uh, this uh, this crazy story. On Sunday morning on Mother's Day on Fox and Friends, Pete uh, Hegseth was very concerned about the name of the day. He said, if you're a lefty, it might be happy birthing People's Day. Seriously, this is Democrats. The new phrase they want to use is you're not a mother. No, Don, you're a birthing person. Now, keep in mind, uh, the birthing person normally refers to a transgender man or non-binary person. So there's a little bit of that going on with him. So he played a video of Congresswoman Cori Bush talking about racism in healthcare related to black, black, black people in pain. And she said, I'm committed to doing the absolute most to protect black mothers, mothers, uh, to protect black babies, to protect black birthing people and to save lives. That's what she said. Well, that, that, that's lovely. And then uh, Hegseth said later, I'm officially a birthing person. Next time someone tells you that, tell them you're insane. They are moms and they give birth. The left is insane. So uh, then they followed with a bullshit discussion of the non-existent uh, <laughs> shit that he brought up. <laughs> it's just, it's just so weird. I mean, Ben Shapiro does this every year on this day too. Like they set up this straw man argument that no one is saying, no one anywhere is saying you can only call people who give birth birthing people. Congressman Bush's example was perfect for mothers, for people who give birth and more. They're just expanding to include other people who can give birth who don't strictly identify as women or female. They are not taking that away. And lots of mothers don't give birth. It's like that essentialism that like mother only means giving birth discounts foster parents, adoptive parents, female friends and relatives that become mother figures. It's such a weird, like upset at something that's not existent. Those women who steal babies. What, them too. I, don't know. I just think you call them thieves. I don't know if they get to mothers. That thing about like going to the mall and people stealing a baby. Or going into, I mean, there was that Lifetime movie where they went right into the nursery and stole a baby, just walked out with it. And then, or, or they got exchanged or something. I'm mixed up. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure every version of anything you could say about that has been made into a television movie. <laughs> you definitely described the plot of a movie somewhere. Somewhere. So. But people getting so upset about language that is designed to expand and include more people doesn't take anything away from women who give birth. You know what? Here's the deal, Emerson. At this point, I'm noticing a lot on the right. They're just reaching. They're just reaching now. They're just trying to, to stir up something because there's nothing. Everything's kind of going okay. Uh, wait, hold on. You need to see this. 
Kim just said Delta Burke stole a baby from the hospital in her movie. I just Kim talked to her two nights ago. How weird that you brought her up. That's why I put it on. Yeah, you should ask about that. Delta, what was that movie where you stole a baby in a <laughs> hospital? Did you ever give it back? Well, she was telling me she was going, you know, there aren't those good jobs like they used to. Used to during your hiatus, you could just get a few hundred thousand to do a lifetime movie. They don't make them like they used to, those TV movies. Uh, well, happy Mother's Day. Happy birthing people day. I mean, Lord, everybody. Yeah. Uh, in our bills, bills, bills and courts, uh, some good news, then some bad news, and then some truly horrifying news. Uh, on Monday, the Department of Health and Human Services announced the ban on a ban on discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity in healthcare. The last administration tried to stop that and make it all about birth sex. So this reverts us back to the Obama Obama era rules. Um, and then in Montana on Friday, Governor Greg Gianforte did sign their anti-trans Save Women Sports Act into law. So that adds, I believe, a sixth state uh, where those have now passed. But I want to focus on this next one because it made my brain bleed and explode uh, with disappointment. You know, it's like when your friends disappoint you, it's worse than when your enemies do a little bit. You know, it's like you expect it from your enemies, but not from people who are supposed to be your friends. This is Harold Dutton Jr., a Democrat representative in Texas. Now, I prepped this show early and I was all prepared to tell you because last Friday that Senate Bill 29 about trans kids in school sports in Texas died in the House of Representatives there, done, because it did. Their education committee has seven Republicans and six Democrats, and when they voted the first time, one Republican was absent, the Democratic committee chair, Harry Dutton Jr., abstained, so it failed. Well, he brought up a bill that he wanted passed, and it was opposed by a Democrat, unrelated bill, and so on Friday, this Democrat, Harry Dutton Jr., in the Texas House Education Committee, reintroduced Senate Bill 29 and said, I don't know how big this problem is, talking about trans youth in sports. He said, I wish I did because I'd be in a better position to make this vote. But I will tell you this, the bill that was killed last night affected far more children than this bill ever will. So as a consequence, the chair himself moves that Senate Bill 29, as substituted, be reported favorably to the full House with the recommendation that it do pass. He voted with now the all Republicans now present, and it did pass. So if it passes the House, it'll go back to the Senate, and Greg Abbott will sign it. I hope everyone follows that. This bill was dead. It was killed by this committee. Trans youth in Texas, fine for this legislative session. This Democrat got pissed that the bill he wanted didn't make it on the board. And as petty retaliation, he used these trans kids as a weapon against the other Democrats on the committee. And he will now be single-handedly and personally responsible for the legislation moving forward, reconciling with the Senate and making it to Governor Greg Abbott's desk. So just everybody, right? Yep, uh, Harry Tuck Jr. Harry Dutton Jr. Find him on Twitter. And it's uh, frustrating because he's been great as a Democrat. He's stood up for HIV funding. He's been good on lots of Democratic issues. But it's where when people say, I hate politics, this is the shit they talk about. Wheeling and dealing. And then when you don't get the bargain that you want, sh shitting in the sandbox 
and putting down other people's work. And the people who will suffer are the trans kids that he could have stood up for. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, and oh God, it's just this one. This one is just getting on my nerves. Caitlyn Jenner did an interview with Sean Hannity last week. And the low light was this quote. My friends are leaving California. My hanger, the guy right across, he was uh, packing up his hanger. And I said, where are you going? And he said, I'm moving to Sedona, Arizona. I guess to count and look for bamboo ballots. Uh, I can take anywhere. I can walk down. I the can't take it I, anymore. I can't take it anymore. I can't walk down the street and see the homeless. And then she said, I don't want to leave. Either I stay and fight or I get out of here. Now, she also said this is like she is just just being ridiculous. First of all, let's just start here. She did not vote last year, did not vote in the presidential election. Admitted, said, oh, I was too busy. I was paying, playing golf, said I was playing golf. Um, her, her, her private plane is sitting right there. And then she also said, Gavin Newsom is out of touch with Californians while she's sitting on this hangar talking to Sean Han Hannity, her private plane nearby. That her example of just the common Californian is the man who owns the hangar across from hers where they fly their personal planes and how he just can't stand to look at people struggling with homelessness in our city because they can't afford housing or they have other personal issues. And, you know, he just needs to move because he's tired of looking at it. That's her relatable quote. She, she, she tweeted something this week or it was a couple of days yesterday about how, uh, you know, California is in, is in, in disarray and it's just, I need to, I need to put it back together. And I tweeted, I said, we're doing okay. Not nearly as bad as that train wreck of a family of yours. I mean, I don't care about their lives, but did you think about running for California governor and you say you just can't be bothered to vote in the election? And when she said that she was asked, what about she, you know, was like, I couldn't vote for Trump, but you know, and they said, what about the down ballot races? And her response was, I didn't see any propositions. I really cared about one way or the other. Like say, I'm not even, obviously I wasn't voting for the people she was going to vote for, but you want to run as a Republican and actually said, I didn't care about any of the other Republicans running. Like, ma'am, you were bad at this on every level. Can she read? I assume think she read them. I don't even think she read them. I think she oh. I don't think oh, she, she, did, she didn't look at them. She didn't look at them. She didn't read them. Oh, well, that's my, that's my hair. Like you want to be governor, but you can't be bothered to care about issues that don't affect you personally. Got it. Well, she won't win. I mean, she's just wasting her. I can't imagine. It's true. Uh -oh. Lord, Lord, can you imagine? Of course, I said that about that last one the last time. So I'm not counting anybody that seems like a kook out. Well, we also thought that about when Arnold Schwarzenegger said he was running. Everybody go, oh, great. We got the Terminator and yeah. he won twice. Yeah. As Look, as Kevin said, it worked for Trump. He didn't vote before he ran either. Just amazing. Like you show up, like you discovered today that you should care about stuff. I, I think that would be like, that should be a prerequisite. You had to vote in yes. the past five elections. 
The only time you didn't vote is when you were, you know, on life support for that three months. Yes, correct. You must have at least a doctor's note. Um, all right, this next one, I was so proud of you for knowing about this. Uh, Disney has a Disney Plus show called High School Musical, The Musical, The Series. It is a TV series based off of high, the High School Musical made for Disney Channel movies. And it's fantastic. We watch every single episode. Season two comes back this Friday. And the 20-year-old actor star, Joshua Bassett, the male lead, seemed to come out on a YouTube video speaking to Clever News. He was asked what he admires most about Harry Styles. And I will show y'all uh, the video. You listening at home, don't worry, you'll be able to hear it. Uh, what he said. So here is sweet Joshua Bassett. He doesn't say too much, but when he talks, like it matters. Does that make sense? He's just cool. Like he's cool. Who doesn't think Harry Styles is cool? Also, he's hot. You know, uh, he's very charming too. Lots of things. I guess this is my. Um, this is also my coming out video. I guess uh, which song? So right there at the end, after saying Harry Styles was hot, he said, "I guess this is my coming out video." And the very active Stan fan base of High School Musical, the musical, the series. Uh, blew it up all across the internet yesterday. So very exciting. And then we had a funny discussion yeah. because there have been, you know, young people particularly that are less, feel less need to specifically define labels and things where people have jumped the gun assuming somebody was really coming out. And we weren't, I wasn't sure, but he did put out a statement this morning and he did not define whether that means bi, pan, queer, like what, he's defining as, but he said, my entire life, people have told me my sexuality. People have shamed me for things they know nothing about. I wanna say thank you to those of you who stand for love and acceptance. Toxicity, hatred, and negativity say less about the subject, but say far more about those who spew it. It's 2021. With a generation of love and growth, it's time we start acting like it. Whether you love me, hate me, or damn me to hell, I love you all the same. Love who you love shamelessly. It's okay to still be figuring out who you are. Life's too short to let ignorance and hatred win. I choose love. Oh. And I love that part about it's okay to still be figuring out who you yeah. are. I feel like maybe that's what he was saying is that I know I'm something other than completely straight, but I don't know what that means. And the fans have been very involved because he was dating Olivia Rodrigo, the female lead of the show. They wrote a song together. She had a big giant pop hit earlier this year that was supposedly about their relationship. So the fans are very involved in their lives. Well, I wish him well with the video was adorable with him uh, fangirling over uh, Mr. Styles. Yes, and yes, as Patrick said, showrunner for High School Musical, the musical, the series is Tim Fetterly, who was on Broadway. He's got great books, um, a wonderful out man as well. So it's a cute little show. If you've never, they're really delightful. If you enjoy the idea of a musical TV show, check it out. It's very sweet. So, and then in lesser good news, uh, y'all know how much I love Franklin Graham. Well, uh, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association is hosting a Seattle, Washington Law Enforcement Appreciation Dinner tonight. Um, I did not get invited. They invited the Seattle Police Department and they initially accepted. But then they once they heard that this motherfucker was uh, uh, hosting it, they rescinded the offer. 
I just love it. No, thank you. We don't want to dine with you, Franklin. Uh -huh. uh, please. I'm so sorry. Adrian Diaz said, based on Graham's history and affiliation, it has raised concerns that the SPD may not be committed to the equality of our community's LGBTQ members. Today, I sent a department-wide email to rescind the invitation because its hosts do not share the inclusive values of the SPD. Now, Graham, then he, he had to, you know, have that last word. He says, we're going to have a great time for fellowship with one another. We got a great speaker. We'll have live music and we're paying the bill. We're picking up the tab. Uh, we just want to encourage them and let them know that we love them and we support them. And then unironically, he said, I'll just hold. I'm not anti-gay. I'm sorry that she took this position and hopefully she'll change her mind. Now, let me just point this out. Uh, he's the one who said LGBT agenda wants to force everyone to accept and condone their lifestyles with, with which God's word defines as sin. He also accused all of us of recruiting children and then his Samaritan purse organization would not hire anybody that was LGBT because of Christian values. So there you go. But he's not anti-gay y'all not anti-gay Franklin Graham. He's just an ally. I love this so much. There is nothing more awkward than you throw in a whole ass dinner party and entertainment for somebody who says I'm not available. <laughs> I don't. Like he was basically like, well, I hope other random police officers and is there the night security guards available? Like this dinner is tonight. They said it was going ahead. I desperately want to know, is it a whole bunch of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association sitting there with a bunch of empty chairs like it's the tomb of the unknown police officer? Well, an empty uh, chair to represent them? Maybe they reached out to any Republican security guard. <laughs> she was like, and Seattle. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, why? Why are you there? I'd be like, it'd be like, I'm going to throw you a surprise party, and you're like, I'm sorry, I can't come. Everybody's standing around waiting to yell surprise. And there's Della and the Chihuahuas walking covered in shit up to, up to the Hollywood Bowl. I'm sorry, I'm busy. I got to go meet Cameron. <laughs> the Seattle Police Department basically said, I'm so and, sorry, uh, I have to wash my hair. <laughs> I need to go see Cameron and remind me what your name is again. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. What's your name? I want to throw a dinner party in your honor. Please don't come. Danielle said, if Franklin isn't anti-gay, I'm the reincarnation of Princess Da. You are, Danielle. You are. Stop it. You are. Like, when the police say no to your free dinner and entertainment, sir, you need to rethink your life. <laughs> that Samaritan's purse is full. No, I mean, right, Franklin Graham, the Samaritan's purse, that Central Park hospital and whatnot? Just like, <laughs> she said, we will not dine with bigots. That's, uh -huh. what, that's basically what she said. Yes. Also, it sort of seemed like they said they just got some email evite basically and forwarded around. And somebody in the department was like, uh, we can't go to this. And she was like, JK, we're not going. Uh, maybe, maybe like one or two will show up like that year that the Screen Actors Guild was on strike and nobody showed up to the Emmys except Powers Booth. <laughs> Good night. Like, well, I'm here. <laughs> he was like, they go, and the winner is Powers Booth. And they were like, and he goes, wait, wait, I'm here. I'm here. 
<laughs> I got to be honest, if I heard everybody more famous than me had decided they were not available for something, I sure as shit would go. I'd be like, oh, yes, I'm here. Thank you so much. I mean, come on. That was probably 25 years ago. I'm still remembering. <laughs> I say, I'm going to send an email back to the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. What's the menu? Because if nobody else comes, can I get a whole bunch to go? Could you just deliver it to my car? I can't be seen there, but I will take the free food. Go take it to the homeless folks. My, if it's good, I'm going to eat it myself. <sighs> I mean, for myself, for my friend. That, that, that just cracked me up. That story really cracked me up. I knew it would. Well, if y'all enjoy what we do here on the Dell and Emerson Show, and you want to reward, reward us financially for our time and effort, uh, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. Thank you to Kelly, who's already donated today. And I have to say, somebody wrote me, the PayPal ones, I don't get the notifications right away. So a huge thank you to Tom Best, Stephen Chambers, John Kitchen, Matthew Smith, Janet Wilson, and Russell Jackson, who have donated on PayPal. It means just as much. And I had someone ask why I didn't say them during the show. And it's because Venmo sends me an email. So it's a lot. That's all. We are just as grateful. And don't feel obligated. You don't have to tip us. It's not expected or required. Can't do that. You can tell five friends that they should subscribe and listen to this nonsense as they work out or drive their kids to drop off or just wander around town screaming, whatever it is. Well, I have to tell you the hour I spent with those who did not get our show, I, I felt very appreciated. I want you to know that. I, I think Kelly said on YouTube over here a minute ago that she was one of those that was chatting with you, wasn't she? Did I chat with you, Kelly? Um, I, I, I know that I, they, she's worried. What, I, I think it was Kelly. She's real worried. She's worried about it. I know what's uh, well, you know, I wonder what I wanted to see was if we waited a week, if more people would listen to the episode, you know, on the podcast form, if they had longer. Does it ever feel stressful to y'all that there's two shows in a whole week? Ellie said yes, briefly. Uh, and uh, and, and they, most people had they, they, they were worried, but they had ruled out the rapture. <laughs> we know what that means. It means they didn't listen all the way to the end of that previous episode where we said we were skipping. Uh, yeah, or they just missed a little bit of it. That's all right. I get it, y'all. Sometimes you got a baboop, baboop. I don't take it personally. As long it's as you like listen to it like 20 seconds, it tells me on the podcast dashboard that you listened. I don't know how long. I don't care. <laughs> we still get a click. Rob uh, said, no, I wish you guys were on every day. That's too much even for me. Blake can barely handle listening to us talk every day. I don't think y'all would like that as much as you think. <laughs> see a lot of drop off. Although Kathy Lee and Hoda sure were on for every day. They People were. They were indeed. Regis and, and Kelly. I keep telling everybody that after Matt Hayes wrote that review of our podcast that we were the Kathy Lee and Hoda of gay news, <laughs> that you asked which one you were sincerely. <laughs> Every single person I have told that to has gone, obviously the Kathy. <laughs> well, she is, she's kind of Republican and very Christian. So that's kind of threw me off. But she's also the like boozy fun one. <laughs> okay. Um, um, okay. Oh, right. On to a very uh, serious and tragic story in the international news. Um, this story was brought to us over the weekend by a reporter and comes out of Iran. 20-year-old gay man Ali Reza Fazeli Monfared was beheaded 
by his half-brother and cousins in an honor killing. The story came out that he was planning to flee to Turkey to join his boyfriend, who's already a refugee from Iran there. Now, in Iran, all male citizens over the age of 18 are required to enlist in military service, but they allow exemptions for gay men and trans women who are then cited as having mental disorders or sexual depravities. Well, he had just received his exemption card noting that, sexual depravities, and he was outed when his half-brother opened it. So this form he had to fill out for the government to get out of military service for being gay outed him to his half-brother. A friend of his told Iran Wire he had a phone call with his mother at 7 p.m. last Tuesday. Then his half-brother came to him on the pretext that their father wanted to see him, got him into the car, drove him outside the city. There was no news of him until Wednesday when the half-brother called his mother and told her, we have finished him off. In other words, he confessed to murdering Ali Reza. They found his body under some palm trees and his mother's been hospitalized because of the shock. The article cites a report from an organization called Six Rang, which means six colors, an Iranian lesbian and trans network, that according to his partner in Turkey, all three suspects were arrested and charged with first degree murder. Now Six Rang does a lot of work reporting on and advocating for the Iranian LGBTQ community. They've spoken very specifically about this issue the danger of listing sexual orientation on military service exemption cards that can be seen by anyone that requires it to be shown. They compiled a report in 2020 that found that six in 10 queer people in Iran have been assaulted by family members while almost half have been sexually assaulted in public. You can find more info at www.sixrang.org, the number six, R-A-N-G.org. And y'all, like we talked about last time, I really tried to find an organization it's really hard. There was a queer organization working in Iran that disbanded in 2019. I asked several Persian uh, queer friends uh, if they knew of anybody, and it's hard. There aren't a lot of organizations that are able to work within the country there. So I don't have a good action step today, but a story, at least for us to be aware of, it broke really big and represents the challenges uh, that our uh, community faces there. And as Dale, Danielle just pointed out, at one point, Iran performed more trans surgeries than any other country because it's more acceptable to be trans than to be a gay male bottom. Does that make sense? They were pushing people to be trans rather than to be the receptive gay male uh, position. <clears throat> so a very tough story. So very difficult for the Persian diaspora community, um, but really challenging for the community there and very sad. And before, you know, I don't want him to just be remembered that way. For those of you watching live, I want you to see uh, Ali Reza here, this beautiful young 20 year old man um, whose life was taken this way. So, and beheaded, brother. If at least they were arrested, uh, which shows the lack of support for the honor killing element of it. So, we'll see where it goes in the prosecution of that, but they were arrested. Right. Well, in our own country, in Houston, uh, students at Satartia Middle School have accused a teacher of defacing their chalk art of pride flags by scrawling heteros rule over the top of it. One parent said that their child was there uh, and the kids were drawing pride and trans flags on the courtyard sidewalk when the supervising teacher demanded that they stop and erase the flags. When they refused, good for them, 
The parents said the teacher then threatened to pour a drink on the chalk art and then finally grabbed some chalk and wrote hetero's rule over the pride flags. There you go. Hetero's rule. Uh, a teacher did that, not a child. A teacher did that. Uh, the principal emailed parents saying we have, have been made aware of the unfortunate incident involving some of our students who reported an interaction with a teacher, which the students stated left them feeling disrespected and marginalized, keeping in mind that the safety, health and social and emotional well-being of our students and staff are always our top priority. We were extremely disheartened to hear about these allegations. The school district said they would have no further comment because it was a personal matter. It's not a personal matter. It's, 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 it, you know, you do that in front of your students, that becomes a public matter and it's a public, it's a public school. Is it not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, so. so it's not a personal matter. And here's what I I've, I've tried everywhere to find if this uh, teacher was fired or reprimanded or what, and nothing, we can find nothing on it, so. And for those of you watching, this, the new, the local news, KPRC2, this, it is, Hetero's Rule is written in peach chalk, and they wrote over it in, like, black, so that you could read it really clearly, but this is just bonkers, like, what a, like, an educator acting like a petty elementary schooler, you know, like, they drew pride flags, and their response was to scrawl in chalk like a child, Hetero's Rule, like, of all things, Hetero's Rule, and you know what, Emerson, we talked about this privately, but uh, when I read this story, I thought this was a male who did this. I just, you know, it's like, it's weird how you go. I felt that was much more male behavior for some reason. No, it was, it was a female. It was a female teacher who did that. I mean, like if it wasn't kids so young, it would almost be laughable because it's like the saddest attempt at like some kind of flatback. Hetero's rule. Like, you know that every one of those middle schoolers had a better taunt back. I wish that we could hear what they said to her. Yes. Because I guarantee you the kind of kids that are drawing like trans and pan and pride flags on the on the sidewalk are very prepared with a verbal response. And good for the parents for being like, this is ridiculous. All right. That's well. Uh, I, I, I'll be interested to see if we hear any follow up on this. Like fire, like the, the, yeah, that this teacher is fired. Because like, I call that school and ask for that teacher. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't volunteer yourself. Oh, I will. Uh, I feel like I could start making uh, interesting phone calls and recording them. That would be yes. just another thing I can do with all my spare time. Yes, I wanted to back up for just a second. John had said about our Persian story. His Persian friends wanted to be gay men, so they escaped to Kentucky of all places. Like Kentucky oh, wow. was better and safer uh, for them. And our next story moves on over to Tennessee. Now we talked earlier this year about T.J. Osborne of the Osborne brothers coming out of the closet. Big excitement uh, and support in, of you know LGBTQ fans of country music. Well, in Tennessee, a Senate joint resolution was introduced to commemorate that, saying. Though T.J. Osborne is not the first country music artist to come out as gay, he is the first and currently only openly gay artist signed to a major country label. Though it may have been merely a consequence of being true to himself, he has nonetheless become a trailblazer and a symbol of hope for those country music artists and fans alike who may have become ostracized from a genre they hold dear. I was hella impressed that the Tennessee Senate introduced a resolution saying this and it passed the Senate full of Republicans by a unanimous vote. 
But over in the House, Representative Jeremy Faison, chair of the House Republican Caucus, blocked it. He said, we have some concerns on this resolution, and I'd like to send it back to naming and designating the committee. It wasn't heard in committee, and I feel like it needs to be. Just block it. All his Republican Senate colleagues, no problem. But this bigot, mm -mm, can't say nice things about that country homo star. But the brothers Osborne were very generous in their response and tweeted, we've lived in this state for over half our lives. Jeremy Faison honored Ben Shapiro, who doesn't even live here, although someone said he does. Uh, Jeremy, let's have lunch one day on us. Would really like to know more about you as a person. Casey Musgraves, icon, tweeted massively disappointed in the Tennessee House Republicans for blocking my friend TJ Osborne for being honored because he's gay, exclamation point, question mark. Now, Faison did respond back and he said, I would be honored to break bread with you. And they said they'd message him directly. But to put it in context, in 2012, Jeremy Faison declared that suicides among queer young people aren't from bullying, but from the youth lacking proper principles. Oh. Here's how I feel about this. It reminded me of something, you know, years ago, Dan Savage had Brian Brown, I believe, that head of the National Organization of Marriage, he invited him to his house. He said, come see, his husband Terry said, come see my house, come see my marriage, we will cook for you and invite you into our home. And then I believe he said later that he regretted it. Terry didn't want to do it. And he thought, what did I do? Uh, you know, there's an element of, you can only turn the cheek so many times before you're just letting somebody slap your ass. Right. And by having to be the bigger person always, like, look, we're not scary. I'm not, you shouldn't be afraid of me. You shouldn't be a bigot. They shouldn't have to do that to calm someone's bigotry. But if you can do it and succeed, you do, you know, win over somebody. I just feel like this Faison and his history of anti-LGBT rhetoric, they'll be like, yeah, it seems like a good guy. I just still disagree with his lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you reminded us that the Osborne brothers will be performing with Leslie Jordan at the Grand Ole Opry for his debut on May 27th. Yeah, and he's performing with Ashley McBride and uh, Charlie Worsham. And uh, it's they're doing all these cute promos. Like, who the hell is he? He's a comic. Will he reach the mic? It's, they're hysterical. Yeah, um, that's, I mean, good for, I mean, they does not get any bigger than that. Good for Leslie. And yeah. Call Me Cat got picked up for another season. Honey, we, he's just... Happier than a pig. I didn't see that. Oh, awesome. Good. Yeah. Good, good. No so, wonder he doesn't have time to have dinner with me. <laughs> that um, his success train is going, Emerson who? When was it picked up? I don't know, a few days ago. I didn't awesome. see the exact date. Well, good. Yeah, it's not affecting me personally. I just saw the news went and scrolled on. So, well, all right. Well, uh, okay. Well, we Let's have discuss. What's that? Shall we go on? Yes, let's discuss. Uh, a little while ago, a Secretary Mayor Pete's husband, Chaston, tweeted this sentiment about his weight journey in the pandemic. He said, I gained 20 pounds during COVID uh, and it felt awful about it. Then a good friend told me, maybe just dress the body you have and stop worrying about it. Uh, so I finally went and bought some new pants. I'm very grateful for having such good friends and also for these bigger pants. Uh, this past year has put us through a, a, a lot, a heck of a lot. If you, like a lot of us, gain some weight while trying to survive a deadly global pandemic, consider me officially on your WGAF team. 
So uh, we, we want to discuss a little bit. How are y'all doing with your physical journey? Um, I was telling yeah. you this morning, I said, I'm on whole 30 right now, but it wasn't pandemic weight. It was surgery weight. Yeah. A little bit. I just love that he said that, you know, in our ongoing discussion of all the different ways the pandemic affected us, I've talked a lot about my mental health journey. I was texting with somebody the other night who said, you know, honestly, the year before the pandemic was hard, this year was hard and not somebody I knew super well, super well. And I texted him, I fell apart last year for two months. I lost 10 pounds different than other people. And the irony of that, right, is because we care about what other people think and what they look like. Y'all scroll through my Instagram. The photos where I look the best from last year, quote unquote, based on, you know, standard European beauty standards, uh, is when I felt the worst because I had lost so much weight with my mental health journey. And this guy that I don't know super well said, thank you for sharing that. It feels good to know we're not alone. And I love that Chastin shared this story. He just volunteered it saying, I'm going to give myself a break. I'm going to buy bigger pants and I'll be on your who gives a fuck team, you know? Well, I, I so agree with it. And it's hard for me. I, I just want to be honest. It's really hard for me to give myself a break. And uh, I, I, I guess I do have an eating disorder in a way because I, I, I live by that scale and I have for years. I put it away in the closet right now, for, but I can only do it for a week. I go, okay, a week. But uh, it's, it, when, I get, when I creep up a little bit, uh, I don't have a good day. That's why, I mean, I literally start my day. I don't have a good day. And we have to give ourselves a break for the pandemic, for you know, me having surge, shoulder surgery and laying on the couch and you know, yeah. binging Downton Abbey. And yes. Just stop like, it. Just stop and certain, it. <laughs> and certainly, we should take into account, we all want to be healthy. But what that means for each of us can and should be different. And we should be gracious to our, ourselves, forgive ourselves the expectations of others. I've heard a few people talk about being worried about seeing people for the first time because of it. And, you know, we need to be able to, to, to sometimes just go, we fucking survived it and that is a win. And certainly we can set whatever goals we want from there, but be easier on ourselves. John said, I'm tired of eating delivered food. Michael said, I gained 25. Wow. Jig said, 20 pounds. What an amateur. Rob said, I lost 28 pounds in two months, but the part two of Michael's but was but lost 30. I know. Rob Michael, said, I saw you, when I saw you last, you were on some sort of, oh, you were on keto. Michael was doing keto and he had lost a ton of weight. Uh, Robert so. said, because of my diabetes, I changed my food intake and work out every day and lost 30 pounds. Good for you, Rob. Lost 40. Danielle lost 10. Stress is a bitch. See, it's interesting, right? How it affects different ones of us differently. That's much, Danielle's much more like mine. Like, um, and some people gain weight and some people lose weight from stress. Leanne gained 25 from breaking her ankle because she can't exercise. Yeah, me. it's for me also, Leanne. I get that because that's a, that was a big part of me. I, I mean, y'all, I want to just confess, I gained four pounds and it was, I was like upset about it, but, but uh, it was, it was, I couldn't spin. I couldn't hike. I couldn't do what I do, which also keeps me sane. I mean, yeah. sane-ish. Well, and yes, yeah, certainly physical activity helps some people too. Blake works out every morning and because those endorphins are helpful to him. And I've told you all before and I'll say it again. I don't have those. Mine are broken. Uh, Jared said, I've been pleasantly plump all my life, but I'm definitely the plumpest I've ever been right now after being alone in my apartment for a year. So I hope that everybody, I hope, you know, discussing it a little too, y'all helps take some of the pressure off of it. If we can all 
laugh and smile and share. I'm continuing to lean on that journey where I've talked about with y'all about being more open about how we're doing and how we're feeling and being able to laugh at the things we're too concerned about, you know, that we all give ourselves as much grace as we would give someone else. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I I can so relate to uh, not in relate in a way Emerson, because one of the, one of the things that I regret the most is, you know, and my, I, my daughter has been very public with her struggle, uh, Caroline. And she, I remember when she was a teen and she was so thin and I would compliment her and she was struggling secretly with an eating disorder. So, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because we get rewarded when we're, th- you know, we, re- that what you're saying, we get, re- yeah. there is well, a reward. Like eating disorder is a whole other category. That's something, if that's an issue you struggle with, you should deal with, with a professional, Absolutely. You know, just general people's, uh, not regular, you know, level of like body consciousness. Absolutely. So, all right. Um, all right. Well, Thank you for, for sharing. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you know, give us all room to, the more we, I, I'm feeling about everything. The more we talk about it, the less pressure it is on ourselves to keep these things to ourselves. And for the record, if you worry that you're talking about yourself or what you're going through too much, you're not. Because the people who do it too much don't ever have that thought. It never occurs to them that they're talking about themselves too much. So tell your friends when they ask. All right, this next story is just a celebration of a life. Patrick O'Connell was the creator of the iconic Red AIDS ribbon, died recently at the age of 67. He was a lifelong activist who lived with HIV. And in 1991, he launched the Ribbon Project. And he chose that red ribbon that we all know so well now because it's the color of passion, it's vibrant and attention getting. He actually told the New York Times back in the 90s, the yellow ribbons from the Gulf War were still all around. We noticed they could mean anything from I care about young people who have gone overseas to I support Bush. Well, we wanted that kind of leeway too. We wanted a symbol that could mean I hate this government or just I care about people with AIDS. So in the two weeks before the 91 Tony Awards, the 15 artists of the Visual AIDS organization he founded delivered thousands of ribbons to the Minskoff Theater and Jeremy Irons as the host walked out on stage wearing one. It became mm-hmm. that iconic symbol we all know that's been used to reduce stigma, to raise awareness, to raise funds from Elizabeth Taylor all the way up to a U.S. Postal Service stamp. So Patrick O'Connell, just a celebration of a life and impact well lived. And there were so many, so many other organizations with, you know, pink ribbons and, and all, all other, you know, to support other causes after. And I believe he was the original. Of, no, the yellow one for the Gulf War was 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 first. Oh, OK, OK. Uh, and uh, yeah, I um, I have uh, followed him before and uh, he did he did something wonderful. Um, all right. Uh, we got uh, some lesbian news. Uh, the home of which I love this story, the home of Del Martin and Phyllis Lyon. Uh, has just been declared the first lesbian landmark in the West uh, in San Francisco. Martin and Lyon helped form the political group, the Daughters of the Belitas, in uh, 1955, and their home was a big focal point of the lesbian rights movement at the time. Then in in 56, they began publishing The Ladder, which is 56, y'all, a monthly magazine featuring political articles, poetry, and fiction for lesbians. They were the first same-sex marriage, uh, a couple married by Gavin Newsom in 2004, 
And they were one of the first two couples to wed after the SCOTUS decision. Uh, so the aim is to preserve the interior of the home and to be used as a research facility and a center for LGBTQ plus activism and history. Oh, we're honoring some some icons today. What? Yes, when you know getting in a lesbian the first lesbian landmark in the Western United States, the Daughters of Belitis, thinking about that, 1955. You know, we think about all the eras, but how long that was before Stonewall and the Mattachine Society and so many of the early things we think of as the beginning of the movement, these lesbians in San Francisco started this magazine for lesbians. And publishing lesbian love stories. And, and I mean- Poetry. I did too. I just thought it was great and wonderful. Oh, I remember, and remember, one, I believe one was in a wheelchair or both when they got married uh, after the SCOTUS decision. It was just, uh, it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful um, celebration of their history. After yes. That they, what they got to, they got to see it. Yes. All right. Well, we promised it to you. So here it is the double headed, double story of dildos. There is a Facebook parody page, but y'all, there are a lot of people who seem not to be aware that this is, oh, not that, hold on, hold on. That's not it. Backing up one more time. That, you know, it's a double-headed dildo story. You gotta wait for it. So over on the Facebook, there is oh, a page called Mike's Ox, Mike's Ox Malls Guns and Ammo, and they have advertised Trump dildos. The post says, we are selling homemade Trump toys for that special lady in your life. Then it says in parentheses and all capital letters, not for men, hashtag Glocks and cocks. And y'all, these are horrifying. For those of you listening, they are giant neon, not small dildos with a Trump head affixed to the end. And a few days before Mother's Day, they said only a few left. And then it's almost Mother's Day. Make sure to take care of that walk. All proceeds go to helping save America by re-electing President Trump. Hashtag Trump2024 to save America. Some people clearly in on the joke. My favorite of the comments was a woman who said, I'm sending a buttload of them to the log cabin Republicans. See what she did there? A buttload. Uh-huh. But y'all, this page is so extreme and it's so funny. And it clearly says at the top of the page uh, that it's a parody page, satire and parody. But can you imagine somebody buying this for real, just wanting to get literally fucked by Trump's head? <laughs> I don't, I can't, no, I cannot. <laughs> I mean, we got fucked by him in so many ways. Why would you want one more? Um, well, we and we have more dildo news. Uh -huh. uh, it's Godmiche uh, 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 is uh, a, a name for the French word dildo makes sex toys available in rainbow, glittery designs, uh, pastels, galaxy designs, and even glow in the dark. Adam and uh, Monica, the owners say, as a couple, we enjoyed using them and decided to start designing our own. It doesn't have to be 50 shades of boring gray. So during the pandemic, businesses, business just boomed. People were using those dildos and they noticed patterns. The gold, uh, rose gold dildos were the most popular in the UK, but the galaxy and the Paris green did better in Europe. And purple was the most popular color for vibrators. Now there's also a pride collection, which includes dildo designs featuring the trans, bi, uh, genderqueer, polypan and lesbian flags. 
And I'm thinking, Emerson, you know, I have this dildo. I brought it out. That's why I left for a second. I have this dildo that that I believe Joe Pat Ward gave me years ago for a, a birthday present. I said, well, that's just too big for anything except for bracelet holder. So um, I have decorated it. And I'm thinking I need to replace this with one of those rainbow yes. ones. Or is this gay enough? I mean, by the time it's finished decorated, that's plenty of gay. I believe when you shop for that size online, it's under the tag ambitious. <laughs> yes. Or, you scroll down to the section that says a challenge. Or used. It's <laughs> right before you get to the hand section. You know, someone once told me that I had a starter fist wrist. Oh. Because <laughs> I have a delicate... <laughs> I've never forgotten it. I said, well, thank you. Do you think mine's more than a star? Oh, yours? Oh, oh. I just love that you can fuck yourself with whatever version of pride you have. I think I need that pride one. I need that pride dildo. Also, I love it. Did anybody check how much they are? I need to check. I didn't look, but I love also that... That they had statistics. I love that rose gold is popular in the UK. Like that's so specific. Also, it feels a little zhuzhy. Like I would think rose gold would be popular in like the suburbs, Orange County. You know, it feels like a Republican woman's color choice. I got the rose gold for my pussy. Oh my goodness, the rose gold. But so, did you like the balance of that, y'all? You can get fucked whatever the end of your political spectrum you're on. Someone yeah. pointed out, and I agree, it was interesting that all the Trump dildos were not just orange. Jared said that. You know, if you're going to do it, do it right. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, they, yeah, that, yeah. That's they did, they did some variety there. I wouldn't want a, a Trump. I don't want to be reminded on any level of him. Uh, well, I don't, but I feel like there's other people, you know, I feel like it always, that always goes both ways, right? There's some people that would just say, like an angry, an angry <laughs> Vengeance fucking. Angry That's when fucking. you're like, yes, when you're like, when you hate yourself a little bit. Oh, uh, well. Um, oh, I did put the website. If y'all want one of the good glittery or space kind. I love that they said dildos don't need to be 50 shades of gray. I have never seen a gray dildo. I've never seen a gray dildo either. I think that- I mean, I got the joke they were making about the movie, but like it didn't quite work because gray is not a popular dildo choice. That might be, that, that's for old ladies. Those gray <laughs> ones are for old ladies. Well, you get gray hair and then you fuck a gray dick. Like it's sort of kind of dead and doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know. We it's have gone off the rest. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, wait, before cause we got like a minute, does everybody have a preferred- color of dildo or do you not care they said the most popular color for regular sex toys was that hot pink where you like no you're using sex toys uh okay. well, well they, and yes. purple they said that purple, purple was the vibrators seems to be the very standard vibrator color like eggplant uh well i mean we finished on a clearly a high note yes if you want to send us a tip because you enjoy our contribution to culture and conversation you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshores productions at gmail.com. We are grateful to those you do. We love all of you who tune in and comment along live. To those of you that will be listening back later in podcast form, thank you. 
It makes me feel good every time I see the number that someone listened to it somewhere else. Like our effort is worthwhile. And y'all, we, we appreciate this hour with you uh, twice a week. If we, if we ever are down, we're not after the show. So we appreciate it. That's right. And then real quick on the colors and we'll go. Kelly said Kelly green. Leanne said flesh. Kitty said glow in the dark purple. I love that glow in the dark. It's like a surprise. You turn out the light. Oh, there it is. Rob said, I started with a new therapist this week who loves sorted lives. And then <laughs> big rubber head ending. So thank you to everyone for being so open and honest with us. We appreciate you. And we'll be back on Friday. Yes, we will. Bye-bye, everybody. Y'all have a good one. Bye.